Alrighty, welcome again, everybody, for the weekly podcast episode. I'm sorry if I sound goofy. They're laughing on camera because I like muted everybody so I could do this intro. Um, <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about are you hood enough? And it's going to be the conversation that's kind of uh, derived from the hood slash thug aesthetic that was originally going on in uh, last week's video and how those that do not fit the quote unquote hood or thug aesthetic within the black and brown LGBT sectors, because it's not even just a black thing, because you know, the poppy thugs thing, it was a mixed bag of stars back in the day. So unless they are, I think the point is, it's a mixed issue that we have in these communities, especially because as we know, when we look into the hood or the um, specific areas where people live in it's usually black and brown people side by side rather than like next to caucasian people for example so it's issues that they've also had to deal with if they were in that vicinity but let's start off the conversation because i think i've already discussed in the video how i felt growing up and never really fitting that aesthetic and never really fitting that totem pole and the changes that I noticed not only within my numbers, but how people perceived me when I started to change the way that I dressed and posted online, <clears throat> such as once I started to embody the trade aesthetic, which is like minimalistic, very physique oriented, such as let's say tank tops, because that's what most people call them in the South, we call them beaters, but uh, tank tops and sweatpants, my numbers started to spike and I started to get less accusations of being interested in white men. And that's something that's followed me all my life, even though I've never had pink dick. No offense to any pink dick that is listening. It is just something that I've never personally done. But yeah, they're dying laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I would definitely like to get some other opinions and uh, other experiences that other people have gone through. Uh, so would anybody like to raise their hand to go first? Star Mother, one of my faves, she eats me up in every chat, so just be ready for that. Um, unmute yourself, Star Mother, and go ahead. Um, well, because we're having a civilized conversation, I won't eat you today, but there may be some, but who knows, there's time. This chat is about 40 minutes long, so we have time. Anyways, um, so I was raised in a predominantly Filipino and Hispanic neighborhood, um, city growing up. So I was like one of, 10 historical black families and one of about 20 black people throughout like first through 12. And whoever that was was kind of getting cycl cyclically moved out because they were either in the Navy or it was getting too expensive to live there because of gentrification. Whatever the jazz be, people were moving left and right. Um, so for me, I found when it comes to asking that question of whether I'm hood enough, kind of more so equates to um, whether I'm black enough or not, um, because I don't act stereotypically black because I wasn't around a lot of black people. And the only black culture I got was from my church and from the other historic or my own family members. So for me, I've never really kind of, I worry about it, but at this point it's just like, I'm hood enough to walk through the hood at night, but not hood enough to stop and talk to somebody. I know how to survive. I don't know how to thrive. And that's that's my experience with that question. That ending part was very Maya Angelou and I appreciate it for the way you said it. <laughs> but I you. I mean, it's true. It's, <laughs> but that's another part of the dialogue that I wanted to add in because when people say 
you're not black enough or when people say you don't act black they're usually tying it to that character and or stereotype of being hood or being you know a quote-unquote thug because i've gotten you're not black enough all my life and i also got you're not latino enough all my life so it's like at a certain point you have to sit back and think what does being black mean because if you look at different areas within let's just say the united states there are so many differences in black culture and we don't we're not even adding in the african diaspora you know the um the multiple cultures and variations of blackness across the world so there is no distinct way to act black so when people are saying you're not black enough i really want them to sit down and say what do you mean by that like genuinely what are you trying to say because it's at this point you're just trying to say you're not acting like a stereotype that's in the media but prince onyx you have your hand up feel free to join in yeah i mean to piggyback off of that i mean damn, you just broke it down so eloquently but to piggyback off of that though really what we need to realize is that we as black people are not monolithic there are variations of blackness and regardless of if you grew up in the suburbs or in an urban area or whatever the case is, or a rural area, I try to so hard to say that word, rural. Anyway, but it, it, whatever area you grew up in, you can't, um, you can't allow for the stereotypes to define you. You know, you can't allow for stereotypes and characters, things that were perpetuated by white supremacy to define you, because if you're allowing that to define you, then it's like you're limiting your you're, you're limiting yourself in the world and your worldly view and you just make things very very hard for yourself because it's like i just i hate that for us that it's like the whole you're not black enough and it's like by whose standards standards of the media standards of white supremacy like it's like you'll allow people to be how they are because it's that you're not black enough that ends up getting us the donald glover childish gambian archetype it's that you're not black enough that gets us the uh, Gerard Carmichael archetype, the people who end up straying so far away from blackness that they go into the white space and it's just like, girl, why is you here? Like when, when they try to come over to our side of the tracks, because I'm, you know, Nico, I'm bold with it. It's just like, why is you here? Like, go back over there. Like, go back over there because you're here for what exactly? To get some black points, get some brownie points, go back over there. Like, go. Because like you have mm. separated yourself from blackness because the excuse is, oh, black people didn't like me they didn't fuck with me da, 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 da. no a certain type of black people didn't fuck with you you didn't do the homework to be like all right this group ain't really rolling with me let me sit at this table in the cap in the grand scheme of things let's set up like this little cafeteria style thing this table over here ain't fucking with you that don't mean i oh, will fuck the whole cafeteria sorry for the language but screw the whole cafeteria no it's called let me go to the other table let me keep going keep going it's like you got to have almost like a goldilocks mentality if this bowl is too hot, that bowl is too cold, and this bowl is just right, you better go with the one that's just right. Because if you want to burn your tongue, go right ahead. If you want to, I don't know what cold grits or cold oatmeal can do to your body, but if you want to hold, you know, hurt yourself, <laughs> hey, go right ahead. I don't know what the cold food can do to you other than make you sick, but you know, cold grits. Anyway, that's a that's, that's a good, all I got. That's a good point, but I want to kind of add on to that by saying, I understand back in the day when people are like, oh, black people didn't rock with me, so I just start hanging out with other people strictly because it depends on your environment. It depends on how many black people are around you. Let's say for like Star Mother's example, where she said she was one in 12 black people. If the black people didn't rock with her, 
it's just, that's all she could do because that was before the day of social media. So now that in the day and age of social media, that's when I look at people that say, oh, that black people just didn't like me. Because at this point with social media, I found my tribe. I can find black people that have my same interests, that have my same hobbies, and we can connect through that. Like I met some of my amazing friends. Um, I'm not I, I'm not gonna say their government name, but Aunt Z on Twitter, anime nerd, you know, gym buddy. We hang out, we talk about anime, we talk about life. And that's something that I was not able to do in high school. Like in high school, I was hanging out with the nerds, which was essentially like white and Asian people. We were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! We were playing Magic the Gathering. We were talking about anime, that kind of thing. But the Black people in my high school, at least the ones that were popular and or in large social groups, they didn't talk about those hobbies because they were seen as white. They were seen as odd. So like I said, it definitely depends on the environment that you grew up in. But in today's day and age, there's no excuse to be like, oh, I wasn't black enough for the black kids because we can see that there is a large variation in black people. Um, trade, just join the conversation. I'm saying that because Star Mother is being thirsty even with her microphone muted. But Star Mother, you have your hand up. So we're gonna toss the mic over to you real quick. Please don't scream, hey baby daddy. I'm, I'm gonna try. You, you try me every time. You could have just left it alone. The people cannot see. I the people them to cannot know. see. I needed them to know the dynamics in this chat. <laughs> Anyways, anti-ways. Yes, like as you said, piggybacking from what you said. Um, yeah, that was definitely a problem for me growing up too. Um, where it wasn't necessarily that way that I threw away the whole black community, but I definitely, there was resentment for a long period of time. Uh, more so just because like, this is all the people that are around me and all of them either think that I'm strange, I'm weird and or I'm sociable, but they would never want to be caught in private or be caught one-on-one -on -one with me in public. That's what it was. And um, it just kind of, it really did suck. Now I'm not saying that anybody should ever be, again, it's one of those, not all kinfolk are skinfolk, but that doesn't mean you should throw the whole community away just because of a select few. When there's a diaspora, and as Prince Onyx said, there is not a monolithic Black character because being Black changes from scenario to scenario, from where you've been to where you go to the people around you. Um, and it, I just find it really depressing that it is that way, but thank God for social media in the best and worst ways. Where you can't find a community and you can find people who can help you, you can find your tribe. But even then, I can I still find that kind of hard because it's very, I as a person don't really interact with people on social media unless we've had some kind of conversation outside of the social media platform itself. Like I personally message Nico or call him out on Twitter when I'm bored and I just want chaos. Daily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But that's all. I would only feel bold enough to do that because we've met in part. Well, not in person, but we've met through this and we've talked on multiple different occasions. And I send memes and other stuff to some of the other people in the app. Or, yeah, the chat. And um, I even got my baby daddy on Snapchat. So hold up. Hold up. I know this is off topic. You added star mother on Snapchat. <laughs> but I have an issue with you. 
But we're gonna get back on that. Continue to sound like that. I'm sorry. Don't be jealous, baby. Anyway, that's my point on that. So yeah. Anybody else? Alrighty. <laughs> um, Justin, you have your hand up. What would you like to add to the dialogue? What would I like to add to the dialogue is that um, yeah, like yeah, growing up, like I mean. Growing up, I grew up in a predominantly black environment. So there wasn't a lot of other groups of people in my life. I mean, the only time I grew up in predominantly like, you know, non-black area was like when I was like, you know, six or not six or seven, like, you know, kindergarten through second grade. But other than that, I was like, you know, you know, around black people most of my life. Uh, and you know, I, and I grew up in Chicago, so so the culture there is different. Like, and I felt out of place because I was like, you know, queer and like, you know, special needs. So I was kind of like the oddball, and you know, and I and I like had like certain interests, like Unico. I like I like K-pop. I like you know, transportation, like weird stuff, like not weird, but like you know, stuff that is like that is like you know different than most black children do but I never had a disdain for black people because of that I I like you know I'm always like you know had loved black people but you know you know I I was pretty sheltered so I didn't get to hang around with a whole lot of people anyway so so like I would had to like you know get to because you know I'm 21 and you know you're like you know 25 you know and it's like Diff, it's like different like it's like different from when you was going up where like social media was not as big of a thing as it was now because in 2013 I used to turn on my mama iPad no not mama, my mama Kindle because we couldn't afford no iPad child um, my mama Kindle mm-hmm. watch you know a whole bunch of like you know trans YouTubers before transness became, you know, widely accepted as it is now. Like, you know, you know, I used to watch Miles Jays and their content. I used to watch Chrissy Renee. Cat Black. No, I haven't watched I never seen Cat oh, Black. I love her. Um I've been watching her. But I mean years. at least I heard of her, but like, you know, I mean I, I wasn't interested in her until like, you know, a couple years later. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, um, so I used to watch, you know, T Pendale. I, as a matter of fact, like, I used to like a whole lot of black YouTubers before. I, I mean, T Pendale, like, a lot of like YouTubers of color. Mm-hmm. So like, I used to watch a little bit of PewDiePie. I, I used to watch like a whole, a whole lot of Sims content. Mm-hmm. And you know, so because like, you, because you grew up in the social media generation, you were able to actually have a variety of people to have contact with even if it was just through their content so you were able to feel less alone yes because like miles J loved k-pop like you know and k-pop back then like when i was like you know coming up like 12 13 years old it is different now like mm-hmm. it, k-pop was less popular like mm-hmm. the only thing that the only thing that was like mainstream at the time like style gangnam style Yeah, I I definitely agree. But um, I want to 
before it gets lost in the chat, I wanted to address something that um, a different tray had said, because there's two trays in the chat, one tray with a Y, one is just T-R-E. need to really address this before it got lost in the messages. Um, with that being said, I've been told in my younger years that I don't talk or act Black, but yet most of my friends or the people I hung out with were Black and other people of color. And I wanted to say I understand that because in our situations, it's kind of like when they say you aren't Black enough. It's just holding you to a specific standard of what they think you should sound like or how you should speak because I got yes. that well, but... I talked the way I talked because my abuela, she was a speech therapist. So I was not allowed to speak with slang. I was not allowed to have like a slur kind of speech. I was raised to speak very properly just because I was raised in a yeah, house. Yeah, because you don't really sound, you, you don't really sound like a Southern Black person. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's the, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I used to get that a lot, especially when I would come online. That's why people also said that I seemed like I dated white people just because I talk in a very pronunciated kind of way. He had his hand up first. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Um, so I'm going to toss the mic over to Trey. Unmute yourself, King. Oh, I was never muted. We didn't even got work. <laughs> uh, before I start the conversation, what, 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 what's the general overview of the conversation before I add what I was going to say? I don't want to say nothing else off topic. Um, it originally started off with the are you hood enough conversation the uh conversation that usually ties into you don't act black you're not black enough etc but it's usually pertaining to a specific stereotype because i've as we've established within the chat there are different variations of blackness we're not a monolith so when people say that it's usually them trying to ping you to a specific caricature okay cool got it so do i personally get that i think no, I don't. I don't get that. People don't generally question me or say, am I black enough? Uh, I don't get that at all. But I have always been an advocate of pushing black people to know that there are different, it's going to sound weird, but different types of black people. You have your nerdy black people. You have your black people who are goth. You have your black people who do this, who are into enchanted kingdoms and all of that that's cool my only concern first and foremost has been that those all of those black people first and foremost know of the black struggle can identify it recognize it and want to destroy it uh racism and that they have a need or want to see other black people prosper if they have that then i want them black people they can be the nerdiest black people they can be the thuggest black people they can be the corniest black people they can be whatever they want to be as long as they have those core values i'm good with them so you know, we're all different. We're not a monster. So essentially, if they can relate to and understand the Black plight, no matter their different variation of social groups, you would still acknowledge them. Exactly. Yeah. Because like you said, we're not a monolith and there's a difference, but we all normally, unless you grew up in like a community that wasn't racially diverse and you've always just been around all Black people, we all know how it feels to be a minority. We know how it feels to be discriminated against because I know I've heard stories from people that come from, let's say, Africa, and they say, we are the racial majority. So when I got here, I didn't understand what racism was because I've just always been around Black people. I never understood the concept of someone would treat me different because I'm Black. Everyone's Black. So I, I definitely understand being having that common ground with everyone just based on being discriminated against. Uh, 
I don't know who had their hands up first, Prince Onyx or Kenneth, so I'm just gonna give it to whoever unmutes fastest. Go. Neither of them are moving. So I'm not anyway, <laughs> so anyway, no, because I didn't know he was gonna go. So anyway, I. So this is a rhetorical question. Nobody feels the need to answer this. But what is talking white, and what is talking black? Because here's the thing. Because people, I'm really, I'm so freaking tired of people thinking that if somebody speaks african-american vernacular or ebonics that somehow that ties them to being illiterate that's it that is incorrect and that is a screwed up mindset to have people have to realize after slavery how many of our great 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 however many greats grandparents and so on and so forth were able to write read and talk properly they were given a, a language that originally was not theirs and they had to learn the they had to learn this form of English. Like what we are speaking right now coming out of our tongues, this is not really of our origins. Yes, we are, you know, born here in the States, yada, yada, yada. But if we trace our lineage back and see where our ancestors came from throughout the West, the uh, along the West Coast of Africa, you would then know, like you would then try to like get back into speaking those different languages. It's like, okay, let's say, for example, you have one person who was uh, born in America and they, their parents originated from Jamaica. But then you have their cousins who are still in Jamaica and you don't hear them saying to each other, oh, well, you don't speak Jamaican per se or you don't speak Patois. Nine times out of 10, the person who was, who was Jamaican American is going to know Patois because of the household that they grew up in. So in that sense of when it comes to the linguistics and the language and the whole speaking properly and all of this stuff and talking white and talking black, Let's not equate talking in American vernacular or Ebonics to illiteracy because that's an inaccurate mindset to have. And that's very harmful because, you know, just because somebody talks like that, it don't mean that they can't work at a Fortune 500 company or whatever the case is or start their own business. Like, it doesn't mean that they can't be successful. So I would like for that mindset to kind of go out the window. I, I completely agree. And when we have these kind of discussions, I think <clears throat> that's a fair, you know, counter argument because. That would be like saying all Americans are less intelligent than people from England because they speak traditional old, well, not anymore. I don't know, I'm, I'm not from England, but you know, they're different variations of English. So it's like African-American vernacular English, it's just a different variation. It's not a sign of somebody's intelligence. It's just, that's how they were raised to speak in their environment, especially because when we were brought over, we weren't given proper education. We weren't given proper ways to communicate because they didn't want an uprising. So, I mean, it's just, we don't, it's just the culture. But also, Kenneth, you've had your hand up for a minute. Yeah, I did. So, I think that um, someone who grew up predominantly, I grew up in the projects, I grew up in New York. So, I predominantly was around black and people and brown people all my life. So when I speak, it's just like, it depends on what situation, it depends on what environment that I'm in, that whatever speech really comes out of me, basically. But I never felt any less of a person of color because of that. Um, I grew up predominantly around people of color, but I necessarily didn't have a lot of friends in high school. That's because I'm very antisocial and I didn't like people. But I now, now my friend circle is nothing but a sea of brown people and brown but black people. So it's... That, that's just my upbringing. That's just how I was, how I've sort of evolved as a person. Um, the way I speak is just, it depends.
depends on the environment I'm in. It just is me speaking how I've always been speaking. It's just a clear, articulate individual, and that's basically it. Mm, so you would actively code switch depending on the environment. Yeah, like there's certain times I can't speak a certain way when I'm at work because I know for a fact they'll probably get me fired. But <laughs> but if I'm talking with friends, then it's all hands on deck and we, I'm going crazy because that's just the truth. You know, so it really just depends on the environment. It is not me like um, downplaying anything of who I am or any of myself, but it's just me saying like, I'm at work. Let me just be a little bit more professional. When I'm with my friends, I could be a drunk hot fucking mess like I want to be. Sorry. <laughs> None to apologize about. Nothing <laughs> But understood, and I definitely can understand that. And I mean, I think I've discussed code switching on the channel before where, yes, we shouldn't have to code switch, but even in today's times when we actively try to change these social stigmas, you can get fired, you can get not hired, just depending on the way you speak. So you really have to navigate these spaces, especially when we're talking about white corporate America, very carefully. But also, Justin, you have your hand up. Um, yes, I do. And, you know, um, like, I feel like, you know, a lot of, like, Blackness has been ostracized because, like, you know, um, I mean, um, AAVE, you know, is, like, a whole bunch of, like, you know, tribal African languages bunched up into one because in West Africa, they had, like, a whole bunch of slaves that were from different tribes that spoke different languages. So, and white people you know, white people bunched us up as together because we're all the same to, the, to their eyes. And, you know, and, you know, so it was hard to communicate, communicate with one another because people from different tribes, like, and it was like a hard communication. And, you know, and like, obviously we said to those to like President North America, I'm not calling it North America because before the white man was there, um, it wasn't called North America. The white man called it North America. And, you know, um, you know, you know, we were abused. We, we, we went through hell and back. And, you know, a lot of our AABE and, like, Patois was, like, bit, was, like, you know, coming from a bunch of African languages, you know? Like, damn. Like, damn, like when, when I say them, I mean, notice there's like no TH sound um, because in African languages, there was no TH sound in Africa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And um, and a lot of like, you know, like a lot of Dominicans speak Spanish. They got options for speaking their own via Spanish, right? Yeah, people don't really favor the Dominican Spanish just because they feel like it's not as refined, not as clearly understood. Personally, I love it. Maybe that's a bias, <laughs> but it's not. I it's, feel like it's anti-Black. It, it really is. And that, that's what it boils down to, because if you, a lot of Spanish speakers, they like to discuss the different hierarchies of other people's Spanish, like, oh, this Spanish sounds good. Oh, this Spanish is the best. This, and at the end of the day, it's kind of like the variations in English. Yeah, we have differences in words. Uh, like one word can mean straw in, in one region and it can mean a dick in the other region. Funny misconception. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, it's just Spanish. And you're going to get the general gist if you're talking to somebody that speaks Spanish. Just like mm -hmm. you're going to get it if you can understand what they're saying. Because I know some people right. from Louisiana, 
when they come to Texas, people don't understand a word they're saying just because they're deep Louisiana accent. But it, it just, it depends. Literally, like, you know, when I'm talking to like, you know, when a black person and a white person is speaking English, like, oh, oh, like, for example, um, I mean, I work in fast food, right? And there was like a whole lot of dishes, right? Oh, I'm gonna do them dishes like uh, Mr. So-and-so asked me. And say, you're gonna do the dishes, Justin? And I said, yes, and and I'll do them dishes. Hold on, start with I have a question. So we talk yes. about African-American vernacular and people wanna judge it, but then nobody ever gets on this whole, um, accents from just like different parts of the United States, like Baltimore and the two and the U. Not making fun of it, but you know, it's a thing. Whereas in California, people use a lot of like and um, as and whatever kind of, whatever proper thing that is. But yes. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if you do the Valley like Girl. Or, yeah, if you do the Valley Girl, like, you know, sometimes you just like the real nasally like thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Prince Onyx in the chat, he 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 know what I'm talking about. Little prep girl thing. But nobody ever gets on, people always talk down about Southern accents mm -hmm. and people make fun of the Valley Girl accent, but they don't necessarily demean it outside of the fact that it just sounds really preppy. And then the New York accent, I don't think people really talk down about it. It just people sounds think it's harsh. sexy. I think it's sexy. I'm sorry. I mean, what about the Chicago accent? Like, where I'm from. I ain't never I'm heard sorry. a Chicago accent too strong. Chicago, My dad from Chicago, not, but he don't talk in an accent, so I don't I'm know. not for Chicago accents. I'm sorry. It's just... I'm, I'm that, not, that's some white people shit, honestly. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Je like, thank you, Justin. Nico, that is their accent. Don't don't mix us. That's just... I'm just saying... Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just saying... I either nope. prefer a Southern accent or I prefer like a New Yorker accent just because it's aggressive. And I know maybe it's toxic to me. I like aggression at times, at times, sometimes, like Whitney said, but, <laughs> but, um, sometimes that's just you my run. What'd you say? Sometimes you run, sometimes you hide. But thank you, Justin, for adding that in. And we could definitely um, start talking about the dialects because that's an interesting point. I mean, yeah, people usually say those that have the Valley Girl accent are dumb, but that's just like a particular accent. When people talk about AAVE, unless you're African-American, they usually don't talk about it in a positive light. And that's something that we should perk our ears up about. Um, Anthony, you've had your, you just raised your hand. I'm sorry, Ken, I'm gonna get to you, but Anthony, raise his hand for the first time and I wanted to get him in here before he ran out of the clock. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I am from rural South Carolina originally. Um, and so I have a country twain. Um, I also code switched at times too, especially because of my work. Um, but I also try to be my authentic self at work. So like you see me, I'm wearing like an African print shirt right now. Like I will go to the office wearing a dashiki or a tunic or something because I'm black and that's my business. So I think really we need to be more kind of bold and be more authentic while we're in these kind of white spaces or in these more or less um, professional settings because if we continue doing the same things, nothing's gonna really change. Um, and so yes, you may hear a country twain come out 
or maybe you might see a little hood or a little ranch come out every now and then too, depending on the situation. But I think we need to do a better job about just showing up in spaces, being authentic selves, because, you know, like I said, nothing's gonna change if we're just gonna continue to doing the same thing. I actually agree. And I think that's a very important dialogue to have when we're talking about wanting to see change and talking about how we want um, AAVE, Southern accents, et cetera, to stop being seen as unintelligent because people like to play AAVE or just Southern accents in general. Like we don't have the intellect because we talk with a Southern twang. Because I remember when I came out to Houston from very country, Louisiana, most people couldn't understand a word I was saying just because we have specific slang, we have a specific way that we speak. And it got to the point where they were questioning my intelligence. So I actively tried to change the way I speak because I've always talked very articulately, very like pronunciation wise, but I still talk very deep south. So I do believe that we should be being our authentic selves when we enter these spaces that, so that it's seen as the norm, so that it's seen the variations of blackness so that they know that we're not a monolith and the only way we speak is with a AAVE mindset. But also you're nodding your head, Trey. I know you are you are a specialist in this category when it comes to, you know, furthering black acceptance. So I would definitely like to hear you on this. I promise you I don't code switch shit. I don't code switch anywhere I go. I wear my pro black shirts to work. They get mad all the time. I tell them I don't give a fuck. I go to the bars, the white bars, because my friends, I got friends, you know, black friends. I don't really have white friends. I got black friends who like to go to preppy white places. And I wear my don't be a coon hoodie. And that gets the white people upset. It's and wait, I, wait. I don't care. I don't you have a don't be a coon hoodie? I don't, I have a don't be a coon Give me that link, hoodie. please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, I'll show you. Oh, wait. You think I'm playing? I'll show you. And I don't care. The white people will confront me and say that's racist. And I will go back and forth with them. I don't post with shit. I will never call switch. You're going to get me anywhere I go. And I want to tell them that just because I have a dialect don't mean I can't talk perfect English or proper English. I just have a dialect that goes with that English or I have an accent that goes with that English. You know, that, that that's it. That's all. But I, I'll still speak fluent English. You know exactly what I'm saying. You're not lost to what I'm saying. You just don't like how I'm saying it. That's it. I couldn't agree more. And that's a black king right there. Hold on, I'm gonna show y'all this shit. Look at this. Look at the pic of my hair. Don't be a coon, and it has the whole definition of a coon. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> I wear it everywhere. I love it, and I would definitely support it. I definitely. But I would love it if you gave me a black eye. Hold up. Hold, we're not. I'm gonna. Oh, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. We're gonna get back on topic because we have less than a minute. And I'm not gonna let her, she always derails this by saying something crazy as shit before we leave. But thank you for everyone for joining this dialogue. It has definitely been very informative and very important to get these different views of how we can actively change these ideologies. Um, and I will see you guys next week for the next week's podcast.